We believe that the potential for people to do something amazing has everything to do with being in the right role, on the right team, at the right time. On the Greenhouse What's Your Why podcast, we're celebrating recruiters, individuals who are dedicated every day to helping others unlock that potential. Join me, Ariana Moon, Director of Talent Acquisition at Greenhouse, as I sit down with talent professionals to discover their motivation, inspiration, and journey through today's world of work. Today, I'm speaking with Matt Wu. Matt is the Head of Talent Operations and Enablement at Entra. Prior to Entra, Matt worked as a talent associate for Chick-fil-A, and before that, was an organizational design consultant at ICF. Matt and I will discuss the impact that recruiting has on company culture and how hiring is becoming a strategic part of every business. We're also going to explore a common misconception about recruiters. Please welcome Matt Wu. Hi, Matt. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Hi. Yeah, likewise. To kick off, let's start with a, maybe a quick icebreaker to orient our audience to where you are. So maybe you can share with me where you're located and also whether you prefer working virtually or from yeah. the office these days. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm located in Los Angeles and the Playa Vista area. And I'm actually kind of a, a little bit of an, an oddity these days in that I prefer working from the office mm. and uh, go in every day. Oh, um, so every I'm day. Sitting, sitting in an office right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, living that phone booth life. Well, maybe we can move on to learning a little bit more about why you go into the office and what it is that you do at Entra. So can you start off by sharing um, about your role and kind of the things that you work on there? So I'm the uh, head of talent operations here at Entra. Um, and for me, that looks like leading our sourcing team as well as our candidate experience slash recruiting coordinating teams. And um, I also manage a variety of programs and initiatives that our company does, anything from interview training and process and systems, technology to hiring planning and a variety of other recruiting related projects and things like that. Yeah, so many different spheres of things that you tackle. And just to contextualize your team a little bit, do you sit within a larger recruiting team? Yes. Um, so our, our recruiting team is kind of split up into all of our kind of full cycle recruiters and then um, our operations side of things. And so mm. I'm kind of on the operations side. But yeah, we have a full team of roughly, we're planning to grow to somewhere around like 25, 30 this year. I don't know what recruiting team is not planning to grow right now. Um, yeah, it's hard. So I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. How did you come to be in talent acquisition in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel like a lot of recruiters that I talk to or just know fall into it. Um, it's not something that, mm -hmm. that a lot of people know, have known for a long time that they want to do. And that, that definitely was the case for me. Um, I've always loved, I mean, I've always been a bit of a recruiter, whether that was organizations in college or even back in high school, um, doing recruiting like activities, found myself falling into running internship programs and recruiting interns. And the, the job before the one I currently have, I was recruiting a lot of entry level folks uh, for a restaurant. So I've always just kind of loved recruiting. Mm. Um, and so it was a really natural opportunity for me to want to take on a, a full time role or, or more of a dedicated role, just doing recruiting related work. And so when I started, you know, as a coordinator here at Entra, I really fall in love with it mm -hmm. and kind of feel like, hey, like I found my found my dream job and, and kind of want to mm -hmm. stay in, in talent for the foreseeable future. 
That's great. And how did you find yourself at Entra in the first place? Like, how did, how did you find that first opportunity where you're like, this is it, this is what I want to do as a career? Yeah. You know, kind of funny because I think a lot of people, when they're talking about how to find a job, right? Like, oh, you've got to get referrals and network and make connections and things like that. And that was definitely, you know, helpful for me. But interestingly enough, I just applied and Mm -hmm. uh, had the opportunity to interview and fell in love with the people I met, the culture, the kind of trajectory of the company, the product. And uh, yeah, had the opportunity to join. And I was like, yes, (laughs) I'm going to do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Yes, I know that feeling. This is, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit because this was seven years ago at this point. But I had a very similar story Mm. to how I got to Greenhouse, which I I was an inbound applicant. But the reason I applied was I wanted to deepen my craft in recruiting. And I thought to myself, well, what better place than a company that is literally building a recruiting software (laughs) to make other companies great at hiring. So I have that kind of inbound storyline as well. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Curious to hear if there were any people in your career that inspired or mentored you to kind of help you get onto the path of TA as a career opportunity. Yeah. I think I still feel so new to the TA recruiting space. So, I mean, I really have to shout out my, my current boss, Elizabeth Black, our VP of talent, she took a chance on me and had me join her team as our as a second person on our recruiting team, and has since kind of done a lot to help give me opportunities to grow as a recruiter, and specifically within the operations space. I think she kind of identified that it would be a good fit for me early on, and I, I kind of did simultaneously. <laughs> and so there were kind of some immediate opportunities for me to start playing a bigger role in building on her systems and processes and things like that pretty early on, which is amazing. And she's she's taught me yeah. a lot too. So yeah, I have to give her a lot, a lot of credit. That's wonderful. Is there one thing that you've learned from Elizabeth that was particularly helpful to you maybe earlier in your career? Yeah, she's a really good recruiter, whereas I feel like I'm I'm stronger on the kind of operational side of things. And so, you know, my brain wants to go to, you know, things have to be orderly and neat and systematized and efficient. And she brings a lot of nuance to the way that she thinks about things because we're dealing with people, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, I had to learn a lot early on about how nuanced kind of each individual's recruiting process or kind of motivations and and things like that might be. I think in addition to that, like the company we work for is awesome. And it's really easy to believe in the product that we have, the people, our team, and um, getting to see her sell this opportunity to people and to kind of, you know, really make a big difference in their lives has been really inspiring and motivating for me. And I try to do the same thing when I'm recruiting folks. Yeah, I really like the point that you bring up. I think in order to know how to sell an opportunity effectively to someone, you need to know why they're talking to you in the first place. You need to know what makes them tick or what are they motivated by. And one other thing I was thinking as you were talking was, I think sometimes people might think that structure and process is a different thing entirely from maybe personalization or the human aspect of recruiting. But my perspective is that with structure and with process, you have more opportunity to scale personalized touch points and to actually make sure that you have a good sense of understanding what motivates someone in the first place. And you have that opportunity to remember that check-in. I love that. I think it, it, it applies beyond the interview process too, right? Like as we've been building our sourcing team, for example, we've had to think about that a lot. Like how do we kind of scale or systematize the, the process of delivering these value propositions that we're trying to make to prospective employees in an effective way where sourcers don't have to spend a ton of time trying to guess mm-hmm. at what 
make someone tick or why they might be interested in a role, but can kind of come back to the same sorts of selling opportunities and uh, uh, do it in a really scalable, systematic sort of way. But it still feels personalized. Hopefully, that's the hope. (laughs) Yes, that's the hope. Going back to maybe the things that you've been able to learn throughout your career, is there a piece of advice that you, you've you gotten or that you've learned at this point that you wished you received early in your career that you think might be helpful for our audience to hear? <laughs> a piece of advice, but just something that my eyes have been open to being in a recruiting role now. And there's so many little things that uh, I think people who are recruiters take for granted that candidates know, but in fact, they don't. It's been really, um, I guess, great for me to see maybe some of that thinking changing as we start to think about how to hire diverse candidates, how to make our hiring process equitable, things like that. But there are a lot of like little tiny things like <laughs> how to order your experiences on your resume or how to mm-hmm. negotiate an offer, when to use a cover letter and hopefully not use a cover letter, how to talk about making a career pivot. There are a lot of like little things like that. Thank you notes is actually like a big thing. I was like, oh, your recruiters kind of expect that. Like as a thing, like no one ever taught me to do that. So, you know, like there are little examples of that, little, little small things that um, I wish I had known when I was going through interview processes earlier, but also I'm glad that we're hopefully as industry kind of moving a little bit away from expecting from candidates all the time or without any sort of education or expectations that are set out. Right, right. Or maybe even hopefully moving towards processes that provide the right right. nudges so that candidates understand like what our expectations are, or maybe even more explicit than the nudge, like very clearly articulating what we would expect out of an interview process, how we might go about an interview and making that experience like not a surprise. Yeah. Or essentially like setting people up for to be their most successful selves in the interview. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why I love being in operations is that there's an opportunity for me to be thinking about things like this from a systematic perspective that doesn't require the recruiter to be constantly, you know, sending emails up front to share what the interview process is going to be like or whatever, but systems that can actually help catch us to make yeah. sure that we're being as transparent as possible with our candidates and giving them an opportunity to be as successful as they can in the interview process. We're not trying to catch candidates. You know, we're not trying to like say, gotcha. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to give them opportunity to really shine. Hopefully uh, uh, there's opportunities to do that uh, for me kind of going forward too. Yeah. I, I really like that concept of, you know, not trying to trick candidates. Cause I think a lot of more traditional ways of interviewing are maybe there are intimidation tactics at play, or maybe there are, you know, these complicated brain teasers that aren't immediately or aren't uh, necessarily tied to the skills that you need to do the job. And I think as an industry, we've become a lot more conversational and a lot more open about what we're looking for in this job, how we're going about testing it, and um, prioritizing a candidate's experience throughout the whole thing. Everyone in the TA world knows this right now, but it is a candidate's market out there. And a lot of people have choices these days in terms of what employer do I want to join? So employers need to be a little bit more mindful about how are we going about setting every candidate up for success and helping them walk away with a positive experience? Yeah, I love that. It's it's hard though, right? It's kind of like a dating process. You're trying to learn all these things about <laughs> right. a candidate, but you don't actually know how they're going to turn out. Like even if someone seems amazing, you have no idea how they're actually going to turn out in the job. And so the whole recruiting process is about trying to use indirect means to kind of glean whether or not someone's going to be successful. And like we need to be really data oriented and objective mm-hmm. in our process. Otherwise, it's all going to be subjective and kind of rely on these traditional proxies that we 
maybe have built up as an industry over time to say like, hey, like if someone doesn't send a thank you note, then they're they must be insensitive or mm. you know hard to work with or something. It's like that's not like the case at all, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you've mentioned process and you've mentioned structure systems a few times, so I'm curious to dig a little bit into that. I'm I would love to hear about your transition from being a full cycle recruiter to a talent operations expert. Why and how you made this move over time? Yeah, kind of like I mentioned earlier, my manager, Elizabeth, and I kind of had the same idea at the same time. (laughs) We were kind of aware that recruiting operations was this growing space that a lot of recruiting teams had dedicated roles for. You know, I had been trying out some sourcing and some full cycle recruiting and whatnot. And I just always kind of gravitated towards how can we how can we make this better? What sort of systems or tools can we add to our tech stack or how can we iron out these processes or work more effectively with our business partners, um, think more strategically, kind of questions like that. I think it was really a natural transition. I've always loved being kind of a strategic problem solver. And there are lots of opportunities in the space to do that now, which is really, really great. Time for a quick break. In today's tight labor market, the search for high quality candidates can seem endless. But there's a talent pool you might be missing. Today, as many as one in three Americans have a criminal record, and these individuals are often overlooked during the hiring process. That's where Fair Chance Hiring comes in. Fair Chance Hiring is built on the premise that everyone, regardless of their background, has the right to be fairly assessed for a role that they're qualified for. Companies that practice fair chance hiring are able to tap into a larger pool of qualified, diverse talent with a wide range of experiences, better understand their customers, and ultimately reach stronger business outcomes. To learn more, download Checker's ebook called How to Be a Fair Chance Employer, which covers the benefits of fair chance hiring, how to build a fair chance hiring program, and how to help your fair chance talent succeed. Go to checker.com slash fair to download this asset. Welcome back. Here's more of my conversation with Matt Wu from Antra. As an operations person, what are some of the meteor, maybe key projects that you're currently working on? Yeah, gosh, there are a lot of little, <laughs> lots of projects. Of course, we're working there's on. a lot. Um, I think one that I'm really proud of, one project that I'm really proud of is our recruiting team has you know, I know this is different at different companies, but in this last year, we've started taking more of a, a leading role in doing our hiring planning process. So I had the opportunity to kind of identify the different requirements that our company had to make sure that all different stakeholders and whatnot were, you know, their perspectives were being considered, that we're thinking about org design and financial implications and kind of business goals and objectives and layering those all into this hiring planning process. And then facilitating it with a, a system that I helped build on Google Sheets. But uh, you know, I know that there there's some new technologies coming out that I'm excited about too that, that help with hiring planning. And it, you know, it's a really it was a really interesting opportunity for me, right? Because uh, you know, I think we have this really unique seat at the table in recruiting, or, or probably like a growing seat at the table in recruiting, where we really get to have this kind of bird's eye view of the whole company, all the different teams, and helping them navigate their most important decisions right like hiring people <laughs> and uh yeah yeah it was a really exciting project for me and um it's really fun to get to 
partner with a variety of different business stakeholders to think through how they're designing the organization, what sorts of skills they need, what sorts of jobs need to be done to achieve the, achieve the business's objectives, and then think strategically about how we need to order those hires, where we're going to find those hires, how we're actually going to hire these people, how we're going to assess them, all the way through to how we're going to close that candidate at the end of the day and give them that awesome new team member who's going to help them take the next step in their business objectives and goals. Yeah, I really like that. The creation of the hiring plan or the fleshing out of it, whether it's at the end of the year or the start of the year for whatever company you're at, that is that sets the tone for a lot of the initiatives that come out of a TA team and out of the hiring teams that are partnering with TA for the rest of the year. So that's such a business critical project to get cross-functional stakeholder alignment on. And a really great way for someone like you in the T-Op space to plug in into other areas of the business to understand what is the business trying to accomplish. And because of that, who are the people that we need to help us accomplish those goals? I think one of the things that makes TA operations really cool is you plug into the why behind a lot of why do we need to hire this person? And you get kind of direct visibility into how this critical hire or that key hire, how it will plug into the business and help the business achieve its goals. So kind of taking that theme of that why, I'm curious to dig dig a little bit deeper into understanding, you know, when you think about your growth so far as a TA professional, now someone in TA operations, what is the why that excites you every day to dial in and start your job? Yeah, I think we're really talking about it right now, right? Like, a little bit of my background, my first job out of college, I was working at a consulting firm, doing a lot of org design and change management related things for these large corporate organizations, right? And had to learn really quickly about a lot of these org design principles and thinking about how jobs and roles and people ladder up into business objectives. Um, and also, <laughs> frankly, a lot of times business realities, right? And limitations that we have to mm. deal with. I think that's something that that really it inspires me and, and kind of makes me feel passionate about the job I get to do every day and that the real impact that I'm getting to help make and that our team at large is making is really building a company and doing that for every single organization at our company. I don't feel in a, in a, in a recruiting role that I'm ever siloed and that, um, mm-hmm. hey, like, I, you know, I have an opportunity to kind of speak into the roles that everyone's hiring across the whole company um, in, in kind of a direct or indirect way. That's something that's really exciting for me. You know, we're not just building a company, but we're, we're, we're getting to really build a kind of community, a culture, kind of something that's a little bit bigger than the, than the individual pieces. That totally makes sense. I agree with you that I think that's one of the really cool things about recruiting. You can have direct impact into the culture that a company is developing into. And you have visibility into how all the different pieces plug in and work together and maybe not work together. Right. So how do we make them better? So I, I resonate with that a lot. Along those lines, I know you have some great experience working across different kinds of industries. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear about your experience recruiting within maybe the food service industry to recruiting in tech. Like, was it very different for you to make that move? And were there maybe key learnings that you took away from that transition? Yeah. It's what's really interesting is that, and this is just my conjecture, not having recruited in a ton of different industries. I think that if you have really strong recruiting principles, you can apply those principles in any sort of industry or business that you're in. If you're able to think about things strategically, 
if you can have structure in your interview process, if you can drive objective data seeking and research kind of finding of those objective facts during the interview process, if you can learn how to hire for competencies versus kind of a resume, understand how to assess skills and experience, motivation, things like like if you kind of have really strong recruiting principles, they're pretty applicable anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, if, you know, going from hiring an entry-level sort of fast food worker to hiring a VP here in a tech company, the principles are really the same because people are people at the end of the day. And what we're trying to do is just get to know them better. <laughs> and so if we do that in kind of an objective, structured way, it kind of applies. Um, obviously, there are nuances to how candidates think about why they might be interested in a role, how to communicate with different types of candidates, the realities of kind of the volume or the scale at which you're trying to hire, things like that. But those are just kind of business requirements that the principals can kind of overlay. And um, yeah, I'd say that like, interestingly enough, I found there to be more similarities than differences. I think that's actually very heartening to hear, especially because there are a lot of people transitioning jobs or who have recently transitioned jobs or are thinking about doing so. And I think when you think about maybe entering a different industry that you're not familiar with, there can be some nervousness associated with that mm. potential leap or that potential change. And I, I would agree with you. I mean, I've spent majority of my career in tech, but I have spoken to thousands of people at this point making career transitions, coming from different industries. And when I say I agree with you, I mean that the principles of recruiting remain the same and the importance of having structure, of comparing folks apples to apples in, a, in an equitable way. These are the kinds of things that are really important to make sure you are finding the best person for the job as well as you can. Because <laughs> to your point, there is a lot that you can learn about a person and you can't learn 100% of who someone is and what makes them tick within the span of a few hours that you have during an interview. But you can be thoughtful about it and you can be intentional uh, and structured about it. So I, I do agree with you there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a fun question for you. What's a common misconception that you often hear of in the TA space, maybe about TA folks? As you've probably gathered by now, I'm not the most social extroverted sort of person. I am, I'm an extrovert, but I'm a little bit more reserved and a kind of common misconception that maybe I even had before entering into the recruiting space. And maybe, maybe this is one of the reasons why I didn't get into it sooner is that you need to be this kind of social butterfly always interested in talking to people sort of person to be in recruiting. I will say that there is tons of room for people who love talking to people, being on the phone all day. Like that's awesome. And like recruiting teams need people like that. But I, I will say that it's it's really fun to have a variety of people on recruiting teams. And in fact, as recruiting teams kind of continue to specialize, right? Like there are these growing, you know, the job that maybe a full cycle recruiter was doing in the past has become so segmented into these different jobs um, within a kind of modern recruiting organization. There, there are a lot of opportunities for people with different personality types and interests and mm -hmm. um, kind of skills to join recruiting organizations and make them better and more competitive. In fact, like, I think that, that folks who kind of don't come from traditional recruiting sorts of backgrounds or, or kind of have that kind of stereotypical recruiting uh, personality type are really needed in recruiting organizations to help them be competitive in kind of the modern marketplace that we're in now. Yeah. Yeah. That cross pollination of skill sets and finding folks to join recruiting and add 
their knowledge coming from maybe sales, maybe finance, maybe somewhere else, I think can be a, a really cool opportunity for both sides to learn from each other. I also really like what you said about the specialization that's happening in, in TA. And I think that's a result of TA becoming more sophisticated over time because companies are realizing how important hiring is to their business success. And if you think about maybe a sourcer role versus a full cycle recruiter role where there's a lot of stakeholder management with your hiring teams or a coordination role where there's tons of interactions with candidates to a recruiting operations role. There are so many different pockets that are now emerging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think largely because people are realizing that they do demand very different skill sets and there's value to going deeper within the specialization in, in each of these areas. So I think that's personally something really cool that we're seeing right now in the TA space. Yeah, it's it's really, really cool. And I was actually thinking about this before our conversation a little bit. I kind of think that companies have always known that like people are important. <laughs> but maybe they, t- in order to compete, they haven't had to kind of take these extra steps to be more competitive. And some smart people, I guess, figured out like, hey, like we should kind of specialize these roles. And maybe with the emergence of new technologies and things like that, we've been enabled to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think like if if you're a modern recruiting organization if you want to be competitive in the kind of the modern marketplace that we're in you've got to you've got to take these steps to be more efficient to be more scalable to be more specialized otherwise you're kind of kind of going to get left behind i think yeah the one word i'm kind of latching on to that you said is enable or enablement because mm-hmm. i do think this is one of the more recent functions that we're seeing emerging in talent acquisition And it's funny, right? Because, you know, when you look at very successful sales teams, they have sales enablement, they have sales operations. When you look at really successful customer focused teams, like there's always an operational operations team and there's very often an enablement or a learning and development or a training focused team. And I I do think those parallels exist in TA too, especially when you have a TA team that is growing really fast, that enablement piece becomes really important. Yeah, I love that. And I really agree. I, I think a lot of these things, I think we've stolen from some other kind of cross-functional <laughs> partners in a really good Why way. Why recreate the wheel? Yeah, right. Exactly. And the enablement piece is really interesting because uh, I think unlike a lot of other kind of functions within a kind of modern company in a, in a TA role, we're, we're not having to just enable our TA team. Um, we're having to enable the whole company because everyone at the company mm-hmm. hypothetically is either a, an interviewer Maybe they're referring folks. They're telling the grandma, you know, about the company. <laughs> like we've got to enable everyone at the company to be a successful recruiting organization. And I think uh, a good enablement function really is is kind of helping manage all of the change that we're going through. <laughs> There's so much yeah. change going on right now, and in order to kind of build these new systems and processes and have them even be effective, it's got to be a company wide effort and kind of change that that, that gets enabled effectively. So yeah, it's a super important part of my job for sure. Right. Yes. Hiring is an org-wide, org-wide responsibility. All right. I think we have time for our last question, which is if there was one thing that you want uh, one at our audience to take away about why you think it's exciting to be in TA today, what would that be? Yeah. We've, We've been talking a little bit about this, I think already, and you can probably tell that I'm excited about it, but Things have really, really shifted in a pretty dramatic way as far as how people work during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it's it's dramatically impacted how recruiting organizations work. Just one one kind of example of that 
now, you know, companies more than ever are hiring, hiring in a variety of different marketplaces, right? And in some ways, that's really exciting because, hey, like we have access to all this new talent that maybe we didn't have access to before. But at the same time, it's creating all of this competition that we're kind of seeing a little bit of right now, right? And so, you know, like a company that maybe was based out of London was never hiring in San Francisco is now hiring SF-based engineers, right? And maybe SF-based engineers were all, have always been competitive, but you kind of get the idea. And I think there are tons of other long-term significant impacts that we'll probably start seeing more and more of um, as a result of this just kind of sudden change in um, how people work. And in recruiting, it's really fun because we get to kind of think about these problems kind of on the front lines. Like a lot of people, you know, we haven't dealt with this before, right? Like, yeah. so it's really, really exciting to get to solve these problems and think about them and collaborate with other folks who are thinking about them too and kind of come up with creative solutions, kind of envision or dream about what the future might look like for recruiting. And in a lot of cases, help build it, which is kind of why I love being in recruiting. And I think it's a really, really exciting space to be in today. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, I think that wraps up our podcast for today. So thank you so much, Matt, for joining. It was an absolute pleasure hearing your story. Yeah, of course. It was a pleasure uh, meeting you too. Thank you so much, Matt. And thank you to all of our listeners. Please take time to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Find out how to hire for what's next by visiting us at greenhouse.io. Special thanks to our production partner, Wonder Media Network. Our producers are Brittany Martinez and Alana Herlins, and our production assistant is Sarah Schlied. Our greenhouse producer is Marnie Williams. Until next time.